Hello, friends. Zach here, and you have found Bros, Bibles, and Beer. Thanks for checking us out. We are joined today by a special guest, John Chapman with Every Generation Ministries. And he's been in Peru the last decade or so doing missions work. So he shares some good stories from his front lines, as well as what it's been like moving back to America with his family. It was a wild and fun conversation, and I hope you enjoy it. Feel free to check out our Facebook and Twitter pages at Bros Bibles Beer, and the website is bbbpod.com. And if you want to check out what John and his wife Heather are doing with EGM, the website is egmworld.org or johnandheather.com. Again, thanks for checking out podcasts and tell a friend, give us a rate on iTunes. That would be awesome. All right, let's get to it. We're husband and wife. My wife's name is Heather, spelled H-E-A-T-H-E-R. Johnandheather.com. No? Oh, wait. Oh, oh wait, 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 wait. John so is not John in Heather. <laughs> I did say that I gave it to her. <laughs> yes. Yes. For our wedding. I did. We are 12. I'm sorry, what? It's Apple. Thanks, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> They're weak on volume. High on content. The whole thing? Oh, shoot. So, are, do you not like Apple? Uh, Apple's fine. My wife, I'm touching an Apple. Yes. Apple's good. Apple, Apple's fine. Uh, I have an Android phone. I prefer the customizational principles. Wow. You can't really do that with Apple. I don't know. I've never seen an Android phone. You're locked into squares all over your screen. Whereas with Android, you can drag and drop. It's and definitely stretch. more for the creative person. I can stretch. Okay. I can shrink. You know, whatever I please. Again, l- laugh into the mic. <laughs> Just a little bit. Just. Oh, nothing? <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> oh, Zach. You're so funny. Oh, Zach is so funny. You two guys, laugh into the mic. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to another off-color night of Bros, Bibles, and Beer. Oh, interesting. Interesting in what way? How you doing, Jeff? I am amazing. And you can put an exclamation point on that amazing. Three of those, please. Yeah. You're going to talk louder later. I know it. I always turn you up at first, and then you get comfortable, and you start yelling. Uh, oh, me or? Yes. The gentleman sitting over directly across from me. Yeah, he was he's whispering. Not in, he was whispering into uh, the mic. That's Woodrow McGraw. Thank you very much. I am super excited tonight. Do you know why? Why is because that? Because it's hump day. <laughs> it is. It is, but that's not why. That's not why. We are joined wait, by... Wait, can I still guess? Or are you telling us the answer already? No, you guessed. Hump Day. Oh, that is right. That is correct. No, that's your guess. Oh, we can't keep going? No, go. 
Uh, Monday is leap year. Leap year day. Leap day. <laughs> that is. Th- Do we have a leap year? What? No, no, no. Three three weeks. Three weeks from Monday. That's you didn't let me finish. Whoa, whoa, this year we have an extra day. Yes. By the time this comes this out, month. it might be a leap year. Who even knows about that stuff? Uh, Does that I follow just found the Greek calendar? calendar? I'm sorry. It's the Aztec calendar. <laughs> well, who's that? There is the answer. The answer to why this is the most amazing night ever. We just informed a number of people that did not know it was leap year. We made their lives better. <laughs> Set your clocks back. State your name. What is your purpose? Now Let's I'm talk. supposed to talk normal. John Chapman. Hi, I'm John Chapman. Who are you? And I am... He's John Chapman. No, not what your name is. Who are you? <sighs> just tell us who you are. I'm an, I'm an intelligent, well, semi-intelligent earth being. We, we don't want to know about your pride. You're, just, you're you know, who are you? Who are... I'm, I have hair. Not attributes. <laughs> Who are you? You have a lot of hair. <laughs> you do have a lot of hair. You're going to be... Are you I have okay? a lot of hair. Are you okay with your All pic- over? picture being on the website? My picture is allowed to be on the website. I okay. give you permission. Consent. Yes. Where are you from? That is a difficult question. What Besides is your position your in life? mother's womb. Position. Gosh. I feel like I'm 12. Where have you been the last... <laughs> <laughs> what do I do with my voice? Something that shouldn't be on the air. Do it. Position. I'm You're shrinking and I'm missionary. growing. This is the most. I'm so excited tonight. <laughs> what? <laughs> I feel like I'm 12. That's all I'm saying. You guys just let them all go by. You don't even say anything. You're supposed to. Okay. I didn't know. I just can't believe you can control yourself well, I'm glad like you that. Didn't say anything, and so now. Until uh, now. <laughs> Our audience won't be offended now. Great. Because you didn't say anything. Yes. Thank you. You know, I met you. Okay. I met you at, was it, was at, at boot camp? Was that, the, was that the first time What's I met boot you? boot camp? Boot camp is uh, a men's, a part of our men's ministry at Mountain View. And we, uh, it's through the Ransom Heart. And we, uh, so we, bunch of men, you know, 100 men go out to the mountains and go through this, uh, boot camp, but you know, for uh, following Christ, and that's where we met. I think. So. I think so. I think so. Yeah, that was in March. Was that really the first time I met you? Because I heard about you a lot. You were all famous and stuff. I don't know about famous. Yeah. But, um, I had heard about you. Really, more famous. Really. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think that was it. I came back from Peru because I lived in Peru at the time. For how long? I lived there for eight and a half years. No, thanks. Hey, real quick. Are you drinking all the coffee all by yourself tonight? No. Here's some coffee right here. Okay, thanks. I asked earlier (laughs) if someone's going to have some coffee. I said I wanted coffee, too, and you didn't make me any, so I couldn't figure out why. I had no pot. I was grabbing. I know. I I saw that. Matt Matt broke his pot. So there's there's no no. Pot. It's, it's Matt's like not buying any coffee. pot these days. I'm so. sticking the cup underneath. Garçon. On the hot plate. And it's filling up. And it's yes. almost to the edge. And it's to the top. It's to the brim. And I'm like, where's another coffee cup? Because <laughs> we're going to have a problem here. And it's going to be hot. A hot problem. Hot problem. Yes. So but hot. 
I... Ordained yesterday, correct? Yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. So, yes, we met at boot camp where we um, had a great time I felt listening like, to God. I, I felt like I really connected with you, and it was only for like five minutes. Right. You have some inner peace amazingness that oh, – oh, and the courage that you just give – off your presence of courageousness. Thank you. It's amazing. Thank you for your courage, John. <laughs> Just really, I cherish this. Uh, yeah. Okay. You and, do have a quality, though. Humble. You do have a quality with your long hair, your your big beard, your jovial nature. You have a quality where I, I wish I could make a mini you and put you in my pocket. <laughs> <laughs> I want... <laughs> Good job laughing in the mic. That was funny. But I'm serious. I, I really I, don't. I, I don't want to be in your pocket, personally. I could put you somewhere else. Back Whoa. Pocket. Back pocket. The, <laughs> actually, the boot was camp was really, really hard for to me. Compliment you. I know, but boot camp was really hard for me. Oh. In what way? Well, like I flew all the way from Peru, so I decided that I had to be really outgoing. We'll get back to and, Peru and get like all of it out of it that I could. So I tried to put it all out there, which I'm normally much more self-conscious. So when you say self-conscious, like holding back, holding back. Yes. Try to filter myself in some ways, but really worried about what everybody thinks of me. I think most of us kind of have that to one level or another. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. we had this, we had a chat like at the end, uh, still in the arena there. And you would kind of mention um, where you didn't hold back and you felt kind of odd and um, a little naked uh, in whatever you had it's done. Yeah. You had just stepped up and yeah, you had a, a courage moment. And uh, so are you saying that if you were holding back that you wouldn't have? Correct. You wouldn't have done that. Okay. Correct. And actually, so we got to see your true colors. And in, the, and in the last eight weeks since I've been in the U.S., I've held back quite a bit. So um, until tonight, I'm trying to figure out who I am, really, because mm. I used to wear really weird clothes and wanted to stick out. And like I'm looking for the 1995 van conversion that's orange, which oh, would be rad to drive. That right? would be rad. Um, so, um, but there's a. Uh, a little too deep, maybe, but I'm, yeah, I have kind of an identity crisis going on in my personal life. Isn't that interesting? No, it just got real. Look what we walked but into. Can't, can you wait till after uh, we talk the about fart jokes? Things? The fart jokes? Fart jokes and a couple burps. Yes. Um, you know, just to make sure people. I just figured out why I'm sweating so badly. I'm sitting like four inches from the fire. <laughs> <laughs> Feel free to move about fired. the room. It's really hot in here. That's okay. Anyway, I do, Matt I do it. appreciate it. It's very pretty. All Isn't right, it a nice feel. So your identity crisis. It's a great oh. ambiance. Well, here I'll explain it this way. Oh, hey, can you put your pants back on, John? Okay, please. <laughs> wow. Before you before you speak, my comment: yeah. to the fact that I felt like I connect I connected with you. Yes. Um, I think was because of that you just push out that yeah well you say you were just not holding back and that there's some well there's genuine uh the genuine nature of of who I met when 
that we were there. Yeah. I'm like, man, this guy is uh, awesomeness. Well, I I mean, I think I'm pretty awesome. Wait, no, that's not true. But anyway, um, yeah, I want to get back there, actually. So um, a lot of those times that I think that for me personally, it's just when I listen to what God really wants me to be doing. And I don't put my embarrassment in front of it. I think that's probably true for a lot of us, I'm assuming. But he thinks so. You guys just looked at me like all weird. So So identity. So we put this story in an update recently, and it really kind of articulates the way I think that we're feeling. And this is um, my seven-year-old was at, is at our new school, which is dual immersion. So there's... So real quick, your your update recently for... You're just like so we're missionaries yes and who are you with um we're with every generation ministries we should probably e- egm world egmworld.org is the website okay or if you find want to find out more you can go to john and all spelled out yes that's me john and i gave that to her for our wedding i was thinking this is our first real international guest this is amazing yeah. aren't you aren't we all excited to be here um A-N-D for John and Heather. Like, we're husband and wife. My wife's name is Heather, spelled H-E-A-T-H-E-R. Johnandheather.com. No? Oh, wait. Oh, and. Wait, 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 wait. John so is not John and Heather. <laughs> I did say that I gave it to her. <laughs> yes. Yes. For our wedding. I did. We are 12. So, um, we do retractions and repentance. My seven year old went to first, went to first grade here in the United States. And she's at a dual immersion program where 50% are Latino and 50% are white kids. And, um, she couldn't figure out what group she was in because she looked at the white kids and said, they speak English and they look like me. But I've spent the last eight years playing with kids in Spanish that look like that. And that's where I belong. Um, and it's a, it's an identity issue that, um, really goes all the way up to the adults in that sense. But as that is the kind of our transition identity issue, I also have in moving to Peru, I didn't want to stick out as much since I'm a six foot tall white man who I was like a foot taller than anyone else. So I got rid of all my orange clothes. It's not so sad. But I got a new sweatshirt when I came back to the U.S., so now I have an orange sweatshirt. And it, well, it's orange-ish. It still kind of looks like dirt. Ouch. So I think you're still Ouch. trying to mute yourself. Maybe. So, all that to say, I don't know where I went with that, but I told that story. It was fun. No, that's a good story, and I'm real curious as to your identity uh, crisis coming back to the United States, sure. having been a missionary and really going after uh, trying hearts. to fit in there and trying to be there and trying to make that my home. How long were you there? Eight and a half years, almost nine. Mm. Or Todd said ten, so you know we could round up. Todd Rudarmel, pastor at Mountain View Church, San Juan Capistrano, California. Dot com. Dot com. Sorry, I was wrong. I, we I, forgive you. I guess I was curious, was your work there daily talking with people, or did you just live life and then um, have some schedule? I'm kind of going to get to where you're now back here in the States. 
So when you wake up, were you like, okay, we're going to X, Y, and Z, and we're going to be uh, speaking with, you know, this group of people, or were you just living a? No, we were. The we were living. No, we were living a pretty normal life, like you would think. We'd okay. get up and, you know, I'd go to a forty-hour work week or a sixty-hour work week. Um, for the last few years, I was traveling a lot to Chile and Argentina because my work was all of South America or all those three countries, I should say. Okay, when you go there, set up meetings with pastors and um, try to help the national ministries there that were helping churches with their ministry to children because that's what we did. Okay. So, it, I, more detailed, we set up national ministries. So, there's a ministry now in Peru with a director and a board and staff and they're producing Sunday school materials and doing teacher trainings. Uh, and this is going to be a really odd uh, sure, analogy, but I go on vacations, uh, you know, every three months <laughs> as a teacher, I have a, a one month vacation and then yeah. I, and then I work for three months, but during that month, oh, yeah, I, I see have that. no purpose. And so I'm curious when you, you're constantly serving this purpose and you have lots to do and going to other countries, you know, from Peru and for eight and a half years. And then you come back here and you've been back for how long? Eight weeks. Okay. And in those eight weeks, do you, do you feel like you've lost any sense of purpose? Yeah. Nice question. Um, for sure. It's harder to maintain the vision and the, um, drive to do what I do here. Okay. Um, it, it kind of what how um, Heather was interviewed at Mountain View Church by Todd Redarmel last Sunday, and um, kind of how she talked about how your life can get stale, your spiritual life can get stale, and for her, she continually needs to put like real life circumstances of the people we're working with in front of her to keep her like vision cast, and we we still that's more difficult to do here than it was there, um, and um, so yeah, so in that way. And yeah, I woke up the day after Christmas after being here for four weeks and said like, what, can I use profanity? Yeah. Why the heck? <laughs> no, no. Like, why you, the hell am I here? Christmas is over. Like, where's kind of the purpose in my life? Why do I not live in a foreign country as a missionary anymore? Um, And that, I mean, that's a real, just real thing that people say. Um, You know, I'm not trying to hide it. That's, that's, and... So I, I think I'm – it's not like I was living in that, and I've lived in that every moment until then. But there was just that one moment, you know, when you wake up. So Is that part of – When I woke up that day, anyway, yeah. So coming back to America where there – it's easy for me to kind of be sucked into I've, – I've always been here, um, but also aware of how shallow it can be here and how shallow the faith can be here. Is that coming back here? Has it been a struggle? Because if I were you, I'd put myself in your shoes or other people um, in different parts of the world. If they were to come and move here and hear the complaints that people have over their day to day, was that hashtag quote, they did for a while? Trials and like first world problems. Every time I heard somebody say that, I wanted to vomit. Yeah, I felt like making a joke out of that was really difficult. Can for you? Me. But anyway, yeah. Can you describe in detail what you did to people in your mind? Be great. <laughs> Openly vomited on them. <laughs> blue chunks. And when I blow chunks, I scream really loud. It's not like quiet chunks. Yeah. So is that... <laughs> 
Is that what you were looking for there? Yeah. Well, okay, I was hoping yeah. for more violence, but we'll take uh, okay. we'll I'm take imagining vomit. the cleanup of that, yeah. but go ahead. So is that part of what's going on with, like, part of, I'm sure there's tons of moving parts, but part of it is it just trying not to hit people in the face that complain about well, their... Uh, that and myself, too. Their third car getting towed or something. Right. <laughs> right exactly matt do you want to speak to that yeah i'm still going to therapy and some spiritual healing for that one i think matt could be another theme altogether of living in this country um the way he does so that should be a theme of another podcast but um because if you've ever noticed the car he drives it's not really the greatest thing in the world but um whoa 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 well just it's the nicest 98 Honda Accord you'll exactly, ever find. Exactly, the nicest 98 Honda Accord you'll I'm, ever see. I'm proud. And and Matt... I'm proud of that I, car. I think everyone who knows Matt, if he went out and bought a brand new car, nobody would say that he spends a lot of money. So yeah, it's I, just a... I, I agree, but there's also the Toyota Land Cruiser and the uh, 7 Which is also van. a 2001, which is also used and old. <laughs> These are all details that I okay. don't hear. I know, you I, don't want you, to. You Wait, aren't, don't you drive a Tundra? I do. Oh, that's for work, sort of, too, huh? Yeah, it's work. That yeah, thing's like a yeah, decade uh-huh. old. Come on. It yeah, is uh-huh. a decade old. But aren't you looking for a new one? Um, Yeah, but... Not yet. Not yet. I'm looking for... Anyway, I have a borrowed Land Cruiser right now that I use. Oh, nice. Speaking of Matt. So it's working out. Yeah. So he's a ministry? Um, MattSather.org? MattSather.org. Um, Matt, Matt It's actually thesathers.com, just in case you were wondering. <laughs> um, Visit that, people. Um, but, um, but yeah, it's difficult. Honestly, it's difficult. Like I said, it's difficult that I get caught up in it too. So, you know, I really want a new iPhone. I know we talked about that earlier. No, keep going. That's fine. So, you know, I'm just as materialistic as anybody. Um, and it's easier to get caught up in it here. And all of a sudden you're like, you know, well, I can't, I don't, well, how do I say this? Let me put it on me instead of other people, because that's not very kind. Um, but you just did. By you know, I that. don't have. I only have one sweatshirt right now. I don't have a zip-up sweatshirt. I lost my Hurley sweatshirt. Oh, the one on the before floor that looks like yeah. dirt. Yeah, the one that looks like dirt. So, like, I complain about it all the time. But then I've got plenty of friends in Peru who have one sweatshirt. So why do I come? I don't need to, and it doesn't matter. And I should get over it. And it's stupid. Yeah, I've I've got two. Yeah, I just bought my second one. Yeah. Oh, Matt, Matt. I've got two. Pretty soon he's gonna have one for each of his cars. But I mean, we get we. It's easy to get caught up in it because it's all (laughs) silly. I have two. I have actually have two earbuds now for my iPhone. Sweet. So that if I leave one in the car because I don't own my own car, so I'm in different cars all the time. Anyway. All right. This is getting sad. Let's get back on track. Um, so anyway, yeah, it is hard, but I think, um, I think when I, before I moved to Peru, I would get mad at people and think they're all lame. Cause I was a little idealistic. Mad at, at which people? Mad at people for being like materialistic. No, but then in I went, Peru when you moved to Peru? No, no, no. Before I moved to Peru, I think when I was younger, when I was younger, I was more idealistic. Mm. Um, and so I would get hung up on things that decisions that people made more and, Oh, they're so materialistic, and I think it's hard. Even there are people who are extremely materialistic out there who live way above their means and have monsters, houses, and cars, and you know can't make their next payment on everything. And um, 
have hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt, and I think that's all ludicrous. But well, it's that's just a part of the thing. American dream spreading. It's a part of the American dream, and eventually it'll be worldwide, and it will be a part of it. Will Peru is doing a great job of going into debt, so consumer debt. It's really great. So you had a per, you had a you almost had a perspective early on. You kind of had a decent perspective of, of us versus the rest of the world. Sure. Yeah. Of the materialistic thing. Yeah. I, th- it's really comes down to that because the truth is, is there's, I'm watching it happen even in churches in Lima where Lima, Peru is where I lived, um, where the people are becoming more materialistic and they're catching up to us quickly. Um, and it's sad. There's a, I don't think that's coming through, but if no. it is, there's a, a there's geese. geese there, there's a geese honking Goosen? outside. There, there's geese goosing Goose overhead. Anyway, <laughs> that was a real fun topic. Matt had a question. Uh, no, Please actually, I didn't, have, I didn't have a question. I was still thinking about the goose, hon- the the geese. Sorry, geese. The goosing, the geesen, the geese and honking outside. Wait. That was a reference to Brian Regan. He's amazing. Look him up, BrianRegan.com. <laughs> <laughs> is that actually his website? It's got to be. Would it, would it's got to be. Not, if it's not, had Google it first <laughs> and it redirects to something terrible. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I did that once. Okay. Google hip. Better? Yeah. Wait. Yeah. Now are we promoting Google or Bing him? Bing him? Do you say that? Bon- bong him? Bing him. <coughs> I bonged him. So you're, you're back here now, eight weeks. What is your mission with every generation? Um,. I'm actually starting to get really excited about it. Not that I wasn't excited about it, but um, yeah, I'm. We're using everything we learned over the last eight years of being in Peru and working in South America, um, and applying it to the work moving forward um, on a more international basis. So I'll probably find myself in in Europe and Africa and back in South America in the next twelve months. Um, further development wow. of our leaders in those areas specifically in my um in the next year you want some real details yeah in the next year i'm focusing in on technology in our organization and how technology can um further all aspects from anything from our just our simple phone system to how we can better train teachers and develop our staff and through, you're going to set up a technology. facebook account for them and stuff facebook account that's what i'm gonna do you know bing them and bung them and, and google them and <laughs> bung them. <laughs> oh we just came up with a new site there we're gonna bung them uh, you're welcome perverts okay so hey, now, techno- that we're, no, now that we've talked about d- so what else did you have more details technology wise um no a lot of my job one of the we're just talking about me today. Okay. No, we'll move. Don't worry. We'll talk about bad Christian people pretty soon. Okay. Just not the good ones. Um, a lot of my gifting in life is to help people. Um, and it kind of fits in really good with what our ministry does. Because what our ministry does is help um, nationals do their job better. So the technology aspect, yeah, we're building a database that will track the thousands of Sunday school teachers that they work with and sell materials to and get donations from so that they can better track them and communicate with them and, and eventually better develop them as, as Sunday school teachers. So um, that's one of the big projects that I'm working on. Does that make sense? Yeah, very nice. So, Hey, how about uh, your vision for short-term ministry trips? 
Nice I question. Love, I love that. Not yeah. Stay there. So my other, um, I get excited about that. The other, the other thing that I really want to start doing is, um, and and this is the other half of my job. Um, EGM really hasn't had it ever had a full EGM is the name of the organization in short. Every so, generation ministries. So if I start saying it really fast, that's why. Um, we'll have the website and everything in the show notes. They haven't. They haven't had a lot of short term ministry. They haven't had a person who's like full-time short-term ministry. So the other job, temporary job that I have right now is to kind of initiate that program. Um, uh, we've never had a full-time short-term ministry director kind of person on staff. And um, we're looking at maybe, we're hoping to build a plan that by, uh, probably by June, maybe even by January of next year, we'll have um, 26 trips um, planned or opportunities, um, in like two trips to each of our 13 countries. And those trips, um, will be partnerships primarily with churches or Christian universities. Um, and the partnerships with churches will, um, be diverse. We've taken, um, high school teams, but what I really love actually is the family trips. So we took a, we took four families from a local church here, um, who came down with all of their kids, from five to 14 years old was the range of children. Um, And we ministered for a week at a church on the outskirts of Lima. And it was amazing. And because I'm a children's worker, I love to see children get involved. So it was amazing to see the children on a mission trip and, and come alongside other people and help them. And it was, it was cool. So that's, I think that's what Matt's commenting on. Yeah. Maybe build a little perspective. Yeah, for sure. Um, I have a, a question. Over those eight and a half years, uh, did you have were you ever in conversation with the people there where they came to Christ right in front of you? You prayed with them. Did you have moments like that? Yeah, no. Okay. Um, my work was really um, – our work was to help – it's like infrastructure or? Well, no, my work was, um, so what we do is we find the people who God has already called to work with children in their country. Okay. So my job um, is to find those people, get them together and encourage them to start their own ministry. And we come alongside them and help them to do that. And in By- essence, so we we had worked with 22 in the last the last four years in Peru, we worked with over 2,500 Sunday school teachers, and that's impressive. I mean, and that wasn't me. That's Those were all Peruvians doing that. I wasn't doing that at all. I was actually traveling to Chile and Argentina. I was doing none of that work. So, But what EGM is doing behind the scenes is translating all the curriculum to their local dialect, local well, language. Yeah, is so that a big part of how you're supporting these? Children's workers, right? So these these people that I helped to help these twenty five thousand or twenty five hundred. I was hoping I had said twenty five hundred. Twenty five hundred. Um, they create a nonprofit, and um, one of the resources that they create are Sunday school materials in their own language, um, which um, we find very significant um, and a huge need. There's a lot of Sunday school material out there in Spanish, for example, um, but most of it's been translated in 
from the English version, and um, uh, every, they know it, and they read it, and they're like, "This isn't this isn't applicable. This is really hard for us to understand, and we got to change everything, and it doesn't work for us." So, what we did in Peru was we taught a bunch of people how we write lessons and everything, and then we gave them a skeleton, and they filled it in, and um, so they just published their third year, which is 352 complete lessons, takes a child from four years old to 12-year-olds through Sunday school. That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, it really sounds like you you facilitated yeah. so I, much. I was a big part of that project in Peru. So now they're taking that material in Peru. They're taking it to Argentina. But in Argentina, there's another team of Argentinians, and they're taking the Peruvian stuff, and they're chopping it up, editing it, because they're already trained in how to create their own lessons. So they're not just editing it for Argentinian Spanish. They're editing it for Argentinian culture, which is a – they all speak Spanish, but it's still different. So, yeah, and, you know, if you say bodega in Peru, that means a little market on the corner. And if you say that in Argentina, that means the place where you store your wine, of course, because we're in Argentina. So <laughs> so okay. you don't want to send a kid to, bode- to a bodega <laughs> in a story. So anyway. So – for eight and a half years, did you facilitate stuff in those first that first year or two where you actually saw the the impact of you know five or six years later? I mean, no, I mean the first year we did all language learning. Okay, so I was dedicated to Spanish, which was one of the hardest years of my life, probably outside of this coming year. How so? I don't like to study. Okay. Well, I mean, <laughs> who does? <laughs> who does? Um, and so maybe a little bit, but no, I don't like to study. I don't like to read. Not I had to go to a classroom. So it was really hard for me. My wife loved it. We got to go to class every day. She got to learn how to speak Spanish. I was exhausted. We would we would go to a class only like four or five, maybe. I want to say about five hours a day. We'd have an hour of homework, and then we'd go to bed at like eight o'clock at night. And then we'd get up again at eight o'clock in the morning. It was horrible. We were so tired from trying to speak Spanish all the time. So, wow. And then I lost thirty. I lost thirty pounds in seven weeks. How do I get on that diet? It was a. Um, it was a parasite. Oh gosh! Did you bring any back? No, I didn't bring any. Back. That would be outstanding. It was a parasite. So, but then I got. I got. I got it back and plus some. So I'm okay. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, you Thank look you. pretty svelte. You Thanks. Look at you. Uh, so I'm always, I'm always uh, searching for stories, and mm-hmm. it's what fuels me, just hearing people's stories. And so when – I mean, I, I'm hearing your story, but are there – were there any uh, conversations that you had with people over your eight and a half years? I mean, just one or two conversations that just – rocked your world just you were so impressed with someone or it's just someone shared their heart with you or well i mean most of my stories go back to what i what i saw the locals doing with the children so um i almost shared this one on sunday actually and i didn't um so we visited a sunday school class and later it would be a a staff member of our of the ministry there in Peru. but at the time she was just a friend of ours and we watched her, and she was teaching fifth and sixth grade Sunday school. And a and a fifth grade boy came in late, like twenty minutes late. And I didn't know what was going on. I was just watching from the background. And 
And after church, she stayed and and talked to him. And again, I'm just standing there watching. Not, I didn't want to get too close and listen to the conversation, so I waited for it later. And then she talked to him for a while, and then she brought in another fifth grader, and they put their hands on him, and they prayed for him. And then he left. And we're like, so what, what was that all about? And she said, he's been coming to our Sunday school. He's fifth grade since he was four. Um, and he was late today because he was at an internet cafe looking at porn. Oh, wow. And so he wanted to be like cleansed from that. Or yeah. Like and he, he wanted to tell me about it. Wow. And it's, so this is, this is why this, this is why I do what I do because that lady who, who's lived there for six years, who lives in their culture and, and loves those kids is called to do this. And she just wants help. And she's willing to go there with these kids. And these kids are willing to go there with her because she, um, she has a relationship with them and they love her and trust her. Mm -hmm. So yeah, they prayed about it and he made a commitment not to, and you know, he brought in a friend and shared it with him and they prayed for him. And so, I mean, we're talking 10 years old, um, breaking chains, man. Yeah. That's awesome. So that's, is that what you're talking about? (laughs) That's something. (laughs) No, did that had nothing to do with what you meant? You you hit it. Did I? Okay. I'm, amazed at the impact of one what one person can do and the fact of you have a woman who's created a bond and trust that is is uh, really everlasting in these kids lives as they grow up i mean they have right. someone to come to that right you know here in the states even i mean there's probably tons of kids who have families and they just they they don't even feel like they can go to their parents. Right. Right. Yeah, I was going to ask if, uh, obviously, small sample size, but in, in your experience, is there is there a culture maybe in what you guys set up to where this kid, and I wish it was more like that over here. I feel like it's not, yeah. but maybe that's an assumption yeah. on my part. I feel like there's there's such a shame built around porn or, or sin in general, but especially sexual sin. Sure. That... Kids won't just just bury it deep down. Just bury it deep down. Um, Don't worry about it. We try to deal with it. This is this is a story like third person, and so I'm not going to give too many details because I don't really know it. But just make up the names too. There's somebody who um, recently he's probably um, our age um, and gave a huge financial gift to the ministry at the end of the year. And his he said specifically. Is he from here? He's, he's from, from the United uh, States. United States. Yeah. He's the United States don- donor. Is he, he in this room? No, I don't. I don't know him. So, okay. I'm just but he specifically said is. that I, God has led me to give this because I grew up in the church and nobody ever asked me those kinds of questions. Awesome. And it's sad, and it's that's what I meant. Sad, but awesome for sad, that's yeah. awesome. Correct. Thank but you. What's Thank sad you for about me. that is is it's true. <laughs> we we get so caught up in our everyday life and what's going on that we forget to ask. Our little kids, what's going on? And sometimes, actually, the problem is we don't think that they're... Now I'm getting into my... um, I'm a children's pastor at heart. But we don't think that their concerns are valid. We think, oh, they're just a kid. They're going to grow out of it. They'll they'll roll. It'll bounce off them. Right? Yeah. Am I right? Absolutely. Okay. And so we... Kids are very resilient. Yes. Yes. That's what we say. Kids are very resilient. And they are. And I agree with that. But at the same time, there's real stuff going on. 
Um, and we could probably talk to every single one of us that something happened before the age of 10 that marked our life in some significant way. Mine was yeah. 11, but I, I get it. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> hey, we, we got a, a new guest, Zach. You want to introduce our guest? Dave Hilgendorf just walked in. Good evening. State your name. What is your purpose? Uh, my name is Dave Hilgendorf. And I, I missed the first half of the conversation, so I have no clue what we're talking about. But I'm guessing it has to do with either men, beer, or Bibles, or some combination of the three. All right. <laughs> <laughs> that works. Nice. So Thanks for summarizing our last 30 minutes. <laughs> Go on. Oh, what were we talking about? Well, the fa- I have another story. Do you want another one? Oh, yeah. Love stories. Wait. The idea of re- the idea of kids are resilient, we can then dismiss them because they're resilient, yeah. and yet they're not because we don't pay attention to them. That foundation, just imagine, you know, six by six bricks. You have you're just punching holes randomly, and so their foundation is just it's barely holding on. And it's right. people like uh, you and that woman who they feel the trust to go to her right fill in those right. gaps and lift up those kids and change their lives right because so you're modeling you're you're in a way modeling christ so there's not this right if if i go to somebody in church the average person's gonna have no idea what to do slash there's a good chance that there there's gonna be condemnation towards that and and piggybacking on kids are resilient the tendency too is like a, a kid is acting out and there's no digging to see what's going on behind what what right. the story is because right. there's always a story the there's kids like acting either, out and you just want them shut up because you want to get through the lesson yeah boys will be boys or whatever which is what happens at school but it happens at church too and the the bummer about we talked about this before and clearly we all believe the bible's really important um, but sometimes the Bible gets in the way in Sunday school because we're so interested in teaching the story and getting them to memorize it and that to, we forget. And to learn good morals. And to learn, <laughs> right, or to memorize the verse or to be able to. Well, and, and that they have fun. That's the most important thing, right? <laughs> I, well, gonna, ha- I actually was going to stay away from that word, <laughs> be, be happy and uh, have fun. Be well, happy and have fun. you're in kids' ministry, so you have a good perspective on that, and then you get back to... so carry on but that that can be part of it too well no i think well one of the things we teach at egm which to me is so rudimentary and basic but so many times we get and now i'm stereotyping so far i should not i should be filtering myself anyway um a lot of the times we get people in the classroom who are teachers and are really skilled at it sunday school classroom and Mm want to get the information across because that's what they're skilled at. And I know that world. I have my master's in education. Did you know that? Such a bragger. Look how cool I am. I love the way you cock your head to the like left. Like that? <laughs> you sat up straight. Welcome the first time all night you have good posture. But, um, you sit I never... up straight, cock your head. <laughs> Too bad you can't see me, huh? I know. <laughs> um, but um, the, but the, yes. the bun in the back flips back and forth. I that's know. the cutest part. <laughs> I only have the bun up because it's like 400 degrees in here, but that's okay. Um. So anyway, all that to say, one of the things that we teach that is just key to we remind the teachers to go back to relationship. And it's so incredibly important. And as you're saying, that's what Jesus modeled. His relationship with the people were was key to doing everything. And that's and that's why I loved watching this lady. And that's uh, lots of my stories come out of that. Um, just like teachers realizing, oh my gosh, 
Like my relationship's important with this kid. Um, we did an eight week course. It was too long. It was like six hours every Saturday for eight weeks. We learned real fast. The The Peruvian ministry wanted to try it. So we said, okay, we'll teach it. And they're like, we're never doing that again. <laughs> but at the very end, one teacher got up and said, um, the most impactful thing of this entire thing was that how important relationships with our kids. And we're like, oh my gosh, we talked about that one week. And the whole rest of the time we talked about all this other great stuff. And, you know, but anyway, um, so it was good. But um, she said she got a phone call. She was standing at the bus stop, and she got a phone call, which everybody in Peru takes the bus, so it's not as odd as you would think. She got a phone call from one of her kids who was hiding behind the couch in her house because her parents were fighting, and she was scared of them. And wow. And she's like, I didn't realize that that phone call is like more is is the heart of why I'm doing ministry. Yeah. And that she felt comfortable to call me, and that I could be there for her. And so, um, anyway, that's the. The, the relationship key is really amazing because we teach it, and then all of a sudden, all the teachers in the room always just go, oh, my gosh. Yeah, I'm totally forgetting that because yeah. I'm so concerned about getting the lesson right, yeah, getting all the kids to be quiet, the ones that are acting out to be quiet. And so anyway, um, it's big. And yeah, the, the, religious part of, the religious part of that and the idea of like, well, the Bible might be getting in the way a little bit here. I was reading or listening to something this week, and the – the topic of parenting and uh, a father having a son come to him and say, um, Dad, you know, I need some advice, um, maybe some challenges in relationships, or maybe just trying to, you know, lead some kid out of a tough time. And so he asked the, his dad advice, and his dad quoted from the Bible, well, Paul says, blah, 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 blah. And he l- looked at his dad and said, you know, dad that works for us and i get it but how am i supposed to go back to high school and tell my friend well paul says i mean that that's yeah just not there's no connection there it's especially if the person's not a believer sure and even if they are it's like sure okay i'm we're high school we're high school kids and i've got a real problem i need some application dad and i don't know if that I don't I don't know if that happens um a lot but um that that uh r- religiosity um yeah. my favorite word um I mean I feel it in conversations. I've only been a believer for 5 years and I when I talk to some people I'm like I have no idea what you're saying. Talk to me like yeah I'm in front of you and we're going on a hike or something not I have no idea what some of these words are. Not Christianese, is that what you're saying? Yeah. My second favorite word. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Dave's contributing a lot. Thanks for that, Dave. Uh, I I have a question. A believer in what? Uh, A believer in Christ. Oh, Uh, oh, okay. I wasn't sure. I thought maybe men or beer. Or beer. Or bros. Well, I I believe in in all three. (laughs) Yeah, I have another story I could tell you. We're shifting drastically That's directions fine. okay um so we had a te- one I of these i want to make sure that it gets told okay yeah. so we had um a short-term team down there this one that i told you about that was families and we were serving at a church doing a vacation bible school for a week and the local church told us that we were d- the the theme of the vacation bible school was the miracles of jesus so we were teaching all the miracles of jesus or actually they were we were just helping out and they said, okay, on Saturday, we're going to 
um, pray. We're going to go to each child individually and ask them what miracle they, they want for their life. And we're like, whoa, that's like, that's pretty heavy. So, um, so Heather, actually, my wife got to participate and go pray. I, I was, I was doing logistics and everything else. So I didn't actually pray with the children, which is pretty good because most of the children think I'm speaking Chinese and not Spanish, but Heather got to go to a number of the children. Um, and so did my daughter, my oldest daughter, who was probably seven at the time. Um, and she, so anyway, they went and they got some just absolutely incredible prayer requests from these kids that were just heart wrenching. Like, you know, um, I want my mom to have enough money to buy meat for us this week. Mm. And I want my dad to stop hitting my mom. Um, and just, they just went on just these, just these, just these little kids that are like five and seven years old sharing this. So one little girl said, um, I want a doll. I've never had one. And my daughter was there praying for her. Um, and when my daughter came out and looked up at my wife, she looked at her and she said, um, God told me that she want that he wants me to give her God's God said that he wants me to give her a doll. Mm. And we're like, I, I don't, I don't know how you guys talk to your kids, but I don't really ever say to my kids that God told me something. Right. Um, so she didn't really learn that from modeling from us. Um, and it was pretty adamant and clear. And, you know, this is one of those moments where you can learn from kids because God probably tells us stuff all the time, but we just don't want to, we actually don't want to do it. Right. Um, so a I mean, week, not, la- not, yeah. a week later, it was really weird. She got, that's another long story, but she, her birthday was in February. She never got to have birthday at school. My daughter, she never got to have her birthday at school. So one year we did a six month birthday, and this is because the school, school thing is different in Peru than it is here. So. We did a six-month. I'll allow per- it. Do you understand? Yeah. No. So the school year is from March first to December, the end of December, instead of our weird thing where we take some. Anyway. We're America. We can do what we your want. summer is in. Yeah, exactly. The summer is December and January, and. Um. So anyway, all that to say, she went to school. She had this like surprise birthday party. We brought cupcakes, and a and a kid showed up with a present for her, which was really weird because we didn't tell anybody that she was going to have a birthday party, and she opened it up and it was a doll. And she looked right at us and said, this doll I want to send to the little girl who... Wow. And so she wrapped it up and we sent it out. And um, on top of it being an incredible moment for these kids to, you know, give open and honest prayer requests that are vulnerable and there were adults around that wanted to listen, I also got my kid to get super involved in ministry and really be used by God. And that was a huge blessing to us. So there's my story I wanted to share. Back to that story. Um, yeah. The first kid that brought the doll to your daughter as yeah. a present, was anyone able to talk to that guy? He was he was a unique kid who brought gifts um, for everybody's birthday, which normally they didn't do that in school. So he did it a lot. But okay. I don't know how he ever got the date. I think she may have just said, hey, we're going to celebrate my birthday tomorrow. But it wasn't like a you know, invitations and, you know, all this significant stuff. I think she just said it in passing to somebody and, and he grabbed on. So was dolls something just common just because she was a, a little girl? Yeah. That's, yeah. It's just a simple it. just doll simple that you gesture. would imagine, like a little doll that had some change of clothes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
Interesting. So, yeah, it was really special for her and for all. The, and then I actually I ended up getting a picture of the little girl receiving the doll too. The the teacher took it, so that was really fun. So I have a picture Sweet. of her. Yeah. The payoff. So anyway, all that to say, that was a special moment in our life in Peru. But at the same time, watching these um, Sunday school teachers get down and look into a child's eye and honestly ask them what they need in their life. And yeah, and not, they didn't say Jesus. You know that joke? The Sunday school teacher says. No. Sunday school teachers working with the group of kids. Let's see if it goes over in English. It never works in Spanish. And the <laughs> teacher up front says, okay, what has a bushy tail that wags and says rough, rough and is man's best friend. And none of the kids would raise their hand. And come on. What is it? It's not a cat. It's a, it's a, so one of the kids raised their hand and says, it sounds like you're talking about a dog, but I know the right answer is Jesus. Get it? <laughs> Because in Sunday school, that's what we do. And it's true. And I see it and I do it myself. And that is, we just go back to the, um, and, and who died for you and who loves you? Jesus. Okay. And now I feel good as a Sunday school teacher because you just right, said right. Jesus. Right. And bye. Have a good. And it always comes back to that. And which is true. And I believe that. But that's not asking a child what's really going on with their it's life. Not, it's not real life. It's not yeah. discipleship. Yeah. 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 It's making me feel good. Because they said Jesus. How often do we do that where it's, it's more about making us feel good? I, kn- I know that's true for me. In, in school, uh, teaching, let's just say math, the same had the same effect. You're only looking, well, I, th- I would say in general, teachers are looking for the right answer. And once right. kids get exactly. the right answer, exactly. then I feel good as a teacher. Oh, they've, they've got it. But... Um, you probably 99% of teachers are teaching kids and they just got to lead them to the answer and be like, okay, so what's the answer? And they're literally pointing at the answer on the board. Right. And then the three kids raise their hand. They're like, uh, yeah, uh, 95. You're pointing at 95. Yeah. So, yeah. Right. You know, all oh, right. Okay. Now you can all go to recess. Cause and now you feel good about yourself. I'm a, really? I've accomplished something. And we bring that we bring a lot of that into the Sunday school classroom. I mean, I can talk for hours about Sunday school classroom, but that's what we do. And we bring it a lot into men's ministry and everything else. We so set up. You, a, you said you care that they find the right answer. Do you care how they come to that answer? Does, well, actually, I like to ask a lot of questions that don't have the right answer. Yeah. So my example that I teach when I teach Sunday school teachers is, you know, so ask your kids this, you know, so your kid, so your do hypotheticals is the last question, open ended. So last week I went to church with you and your Sunday school teacher said that God is going to provide for all my needs, but I haven't had food for three days. So he's not providing for all my needs. So Jeff, if you write 90, 95 and a hundred on the board and you start pointing at a hundred, will they just automatically assume that's the right answer or are they, are they smart enough to figure out the right answer? Well, different means I'm, I'm the, uh, oddball out i don't give answers nice. and i make him struggle nice. um, because that's what i did when i was a kid i mean i didn't struggle i was brilliant i was pretty good at math brilliant but it just getting, radiates but off of getting you. but getting to the answer yeah it's important so finding uh christ you can't shove it in somebody's face and say you know what believe this it'll change your life it's not gonna 
I don't think it ever happens that way. So the example of teaching in school or teaching um, of Christ and the the life that he led here on earth um, and what's what's there for us or the knowledge that we get to learn in school, uh, if I give it to you, you haven't learned it. If I make you struggle for it and you work at it and you, you find it, then... You know, that's where the uh, confidence and self-esteem comes from in school. You give kids answers. They just, they're not learning anything. So, um, unfortunately, that happens a lot in school. And But I don't want to get on a soapbox here. How can we... <laughs> How can we? How can we sum up this? No, no, no. that's that's long no. since passed. Okay. How how can we promote you and what you do? If people want to help me, what, what can they do? Not just you, but what you're doing. Really want a new iPhone? Just kidding. <laughs> um, I'm great. very content with my phone. Well, I mean, there's the obvious one. The obvious. There's um. I don't know because Matt, all the us. podcast viewers know the obvious ones so let's not state those yeah so yeah thank you matt no i don't know what am i answering you work for you're with every generation ministries oh yes i'm with every generation ministries well for extremely specific i'm really excited to get a team to come from um mountain view church mvclife.com um and there's some people in this room who are involved in that church and so specifically, you guys can do that. Uh, all of us. Um, and we could have a, oh my gosh, we could have a podcast from Peru or some foreign country where EGM works. It doesn't have to be Peru. So absolutely not. We could go to Romania or to Uganda. Never going to happen. Or to, oh my gosh, or to Argentina, Mexico, Still Mexico's no. close. Oh my U- gosh. Utah. He's so not coming. <laughs> okay. Kidding. Um, Anyway, so yeah, we're gonna we're as far as Mountain View goes specifically, we're gonna start. Um, I'm I'm gonna push really hard to get a team from them in the next eighteen months. Um, on a broader range, if you're just listening out there, um, and you feel the tug of God after all of this amazing conversation we've had, um, to go on your own trip and to get your own church involved, clearly you can contact me. Um, at johnandheather.com and then you do rely on financial support yes we are um, Heather and I are missionaries for as the sense of we rely on um, people donating monthly and one-time gifts um, like and monetary or monetary food, financial or animals, <laughs> food can't can't no monetary is clearly the easiest because we do take a salary out of the donations that are given and that's what pays for things like clothing and food and housing for my family we're also looking for cars but hopefully we'll have that taken care of before this gets aired <laughs> but we'll see nice um no actually we're pretty simple we just want a something that at least holds six people and then something a little bit simpler that i can drive to temecula that will actually get me there and back so we're pretty simple on what we need nice um, and then and then the obvious one which i was going to mention which is the christianese world is um um, talk to God on behalf of the ministries around the world that we work with. Um, right now that we're talking, there's actually 30, all of um, all of Africa and all of our ministries in the in Eastern Europe are all together right now finishing up a training of a week. There's 30 of them in the same room. And that's the first time that's ever happened in the history of our organization. And they're all the directors and 
board members and other staff getting together to collaborate and grow and um, so that they can each in their own country effectively um, reach more Sunday school teachers. So praying and going before God on behalf of those children that we're working with and especially those Sunday school teachers who are um, doing the hard work of not trying to just talk about Jesus the whole time, but really connect the Bible and make it come alive to the children. So, there you nice. go. Nice. Beautiful. Thank you. Is that helpful? Yeah. Muchas gracias, Juan. Out the front. <laughs> and then the back. And then...